You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. I got a couple of uh, articles here I wanted to talk about, Matt. The first okay. one, uh, you sent me the, fir- uh, the second one I want to talk about. The first one here, uh, and it, it kind of comes into play this week because of some uh, different backup quarterbacks starting around the league. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nick Shook, who writes for NFL.com, took a look at his top 10 backup quarterbacks in 2021. Okay. Um, We've had these conversations before, but it's been a while, and I wonder how we got a preseason under our belts as well, right, too, right. now. So there's a little more to work with with some of these guys. I wonder if – I assume he calls Lance a backup, his field's a backup. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the rookies are always cloud that conversation. So but I'm curious what he has to say. His number one backup – you want to go from the top or the bottom? Let's start with the good ones. Okay. His number one guy is Gardner Minshew. I guess I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, I think he's Dalton or better. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like if the Bears had Dalton right now, people wouldn't be screaming or had Minshew. Had Minshew right, right now, he's right? Probably better than Dalton. Yeah, I've changed my opinion a little bit, but when the Eagles traded for him, I thought there's a really good chance he beats out Hurts by week six or something. And Hurts had played better than that, though. So yeah. you know, I, I take that back a little. But I, I like Minshew. The number two guy's actually hurt right now. That's Marcus Mariota. I'm a still a believer. He's a little robotic, and the injuries are always looming with they that They always guy. happen. I mean, he got hurt again. He played one snap. Almost Carson Wentz-like. Right. Yeah. But he, see, Wentz is, puts himself in harm's way a lot. Yeah. Mariota just gets hurt a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three is a guy who will be starting for the Dolphins this week, Jacoby Brissett. Hmm. Something we brought up a lot over the years. You know, I mean, I've again, I retract this statement a little bit too, but I've gone so far as to say, he wouldn't be the worst idea as a possible Ben successor, Bridgewater, bridge guy, you know. And you could do better than that, to be honest with you. But I think with a week of preparation, he'll look a lot better than when he was thrown in the mix against a good yeah. Bills defense. He's a good player, you know. Yeah. He's one of the top he's got 40 30, quarterbacks. 31 in the to 13 touchdown to interception ratio is his starter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's something there. Yeah. One of the there's two misconceptions. Well, one is he's a good athlete. He's not a great athlete. Yeah. Just because he'd come in and do like short yardage stuff for Philip Rivers, just meant he was a better athlete than Philip Rivers. That doesn't Which mean he's three guys in this room are better athletes than Philip. <laughs> right, Rivers. right, right. That's not a real. By the way, folks, there's company. only three of us. <laughs> Actually, there's only two of us right now. <laughs> the thing about Brissett that hurts him though is. He'll hold the ball a tick longer than yeah. he should, which probably won't get coached out of him at this point. Uh, four is Taylor Heineke. He's played well. I mean, those guys are like pitchers. You got to see him go through the league a couple times yeah. to really. It's a very short sample size. Very short, but he played the Bucks really well. In the and speaking of short, so is he, he's not yeah, very big, and he's not super loaded with talent or yeah. physical physicality. But hey, I mean, he's making. What's funny about this position is he's now assured to be a 10-year player at the NFL Without and a, a multimillionaire. Without I mean, a doubt. He'll have a better career than Chase Daniel. Unless it, gets, <laughs> unless it goes really bad here over the next few weeks. Really bad. Yeah, it would have right. to – I mean, just – Right. I mean, to, Kim and Minshew are set for life, and they'll be in this league a long time whether they play or not. But he's been good. Five is Case Keenum. Yeah, he's another one. We haven't seen him for a long time, but last we saw him, he was good enough. Yeah. And now he'll be in the league for eight more years. Yeah, you know, maybe, but all, not, maybe all with the Browns. Yeah. Maybe all the Browns. I mean, 
it seems like ancient history, but basically right after Stefanski got hired from the Vikes, he calls up Case Keenan, who was a free agent, and brings him in, which wasn't a re-endorsement for Baker. And but gave it him money. It gave him money. I mean, he, was, I think he makes like $8 million. Yeah, he was making as much as, if not more, than Baker Mayfield. Yes. I mean, he, I think right he was the, the same number. Ba- yeah. backup in the league when he got tired, when yeah. he got signed. Six, Mason Rudolph. Wow. I thought that? for sure this this conversation was going to be like, don't you think Mason should be in the top ten? How about that? Here's what he says. Okay. The NFL world is rather familiar with Rudolph for reasons, uh, for reasons, uh, for more reasons than his involvement in a brawl at the end of the Thursday night game. Yeah. Yeah. Rudolph was called upon to replace Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback who was not happy in 2018 when the Steelers spent a third-round pick on the Oklahoma State product, and the results weren't great. Rudolph was temporarily replaced by uh, Devlin Duck Hodges in 2019 before regaining his job late, and it became apparent he likely wouldn't end up as Roethlisberger's successor. But Rudolph can still be counted on to produce in a one-game scenario. His performance in Pittsburgh's 2020 season uh, finale didn't earn the Steelers a win or eliminate the Browns from playoff contention, something Pittsburgh would pay for a week later. Mm -hmm. People kind of forget that. Yeah, right. But it did underscore what we've come to know about Rudolph. The guy can sling it. Rudolph is at, le- at his best when throwing downfield, and he nearly threw the Steelers to a win in that Week 17 affair. He's probably not long for Pittsburgh, but he isn't a terrible option in a pinch. I don't know that he's not. I don't long know if he's not Pittsburgh. long for Pittsburgh. I mean, that's the only thing I disagree with. And, yeah. You know, I mean, he's signed for next year. So I'm not going to kill Nick Shook. That's who wrote it, right? Yeah. If he didn't realize that they put an extra year on his contract, that could have easily gone under the radar. Um. He might be really long for Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah. he might be the the yeah uh, the Jason Garrett, the Troy Aikman, you know, the, one of those Frank Reich guys that lasts forever behind a good starter. Hopefully, they gave Dwayne Haskins an opportunity to beat Mason Rudolph out this spring. Yeah, that wasn't lip service, huh? I no. mean, like there, it was he could loot, lost his number two job, but he didn't. But he didn't. He played every bit, like even before. Haskins started the, the the regular or the preseason finale. Mm-hmm. Their numbers were almost identical, other than the fact that Rudolph hadn't led any touchdown drives. Right, but but he was playing against one, like everybody wanted. I, I got a lot of Haskins this. Haskins did really well against backups. Haskins was playing against backups. Yeah, when Haskins got the opportunity against the Panthers, who as we've seen have a pretty good defense. Yeah, yeah, point, they do. Uh, he didn't look so good. No, people forget that Rudolph the the game that he started against the Eagles was against the Eagles starters. Right. That was Fletcher Cox and Hargrave. I mean, yeah. it was their starter starters. It was their starters, right. yeah. And that defensive front's really good. And he good. looked fine. They he moved, did okay. They moved, yeah, the, he did well. they moved he did the ball well. in that game. He did move the ball. He moved the ball all preseason. He right. didn't score a lot, but he moved the ball all preseason. And People it was a holding under- penalty or a sack. Yeah. Or, you know, something silly that happened. It wasn't his fault. I don't know why people don't understand this, but Rudolph's a much more aggressive passer than Haskins. Yes, much more. Much more. It's not even close. It's not even close. And I know Haskins has a bigger arm and he's a first-round pick, but when they pull the trigger or should I drive this ball downfield, Mason's more likely to do it. That was my biggest issue with Haskins is that he had to – if he didn't see a guy running wide open down the field – Right, like Ohio State He was checking it down. Right. You know, that that game against the Panthers, he's on the field – he had James Washington and Chase Claypool on the field with him. It wasn't mm-hmm. all a bunch. Of, you know, I know he didn't have Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. Still, but he had, but he had two professional, legit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pro- professional, and his number one target was Ray-Ray McLeod. Yeah, and who isn't running deep routes or developing Like, how do you not right. at least take a chance to throw the ball to the, to the 6'5 guy? Yeah. It, it, 
it, that that worries me more about Haskins than not being a tremendous athlete or maturity. I mean, because I could sort of wash it away last year with Washington because not only was he like the most conservative quarterback in the league, but Alex Smith was next. And I'm just like, yeah. is that just what they're coaching him? That's to what do? they're doing, yeah. And I know that's who Alex Smith is, and maybe that whole offense is designed around that. But then he came here with nothing to lose. And there were throws he turned down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And maybe that'll get coached out of him, but we'll see. I mean, he he can't afford to be a conservative-type passer. He mm-hmm. needs to drive the ball down the field with that big arm. Right. Because he's not going to run around and extend plays either, you know? Correct. But I'm glad Rudolph got the recognition. Number seven on the list is Joe Flacco. It's a tough one to evaluate. It's a second Eagles point, quarterback, yeah. too. Like, <laughs> I guess the Eagles are loaded, yeah. Yeah, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> maybe a better starter would help him. <laughs> Those super old guys are almost like evaluating rookies at this yeah. point. Like, I don't know what he has left. I mean, I'm sure he could get it. I mean, his, he could Josh, his, Josh McCown his way out of a game, I'm sure, and, you know, nowhere to go with the football. But And he's probably okay in the room, too. But I guess that's where he belongs. I mean, he deserves some respect, too. Yeah. Uh, eight, Jordan Love. That's another massive mystery. But, I mean, you take a chance on the talent. I mean, he got at least you have some preseason with which yeah, to judge him. Finally, this year. yeah, um, his ability. Nine is Justin Fields. See, I think Fields over all those guys, but he just hasn't played. How do you rank him? Yeah. I mean, him and Lance are tough ones to rank. Obviously, I, I don't. know. I think Fields will be a top twenty for sure starter by Thanksgiving. We're talking fantasy here now. You're not. You're, We're not talking fantasy. I don't know. That he's going to be that high. Is I think I mean, he'll, have his he'll be better in fantasy than he will be oh, in times reality. a million. Yeah. Right. I bet he's better than Jalen Hurts this year. Well, he's, he's got more talent. He's got, he's got more talent, yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I'm a big Fields guy, but I'm sure there'll be struggles. Yeah. But I think he'll be a starter. He won't be eligible next soon. Ten is Trey Lance. Yeah. I mean, they put those two together on purpose. Yeah, right. Kind of like I'm not sure where to put him. You can put him one, you can put him 32. Now let me ask you if you have any – He's got some guys that were also just missed the list. Okay. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Probably, you know. I, I, I think he'd be in my top ten. I might put him in, on there ahead of Flacco. Yeah, I'd say Flacco's kind of, that That song's been written. I might have put Trubisky there in a, in a Jameis Winston, take a step back behind an established starter kind of way and get coached up. I, I still have hope for Trubisky to, he may have a Mariota-like career. Yeah. You know. Uh, Taysom Hill. I can't go there. I can't go there. <laughs> right. just, I mean, like, he, to me, he's just a guy. I know Chris Hoke might be listening out there, and, he, you know, he's a huge Taysom Hill fan. Is he? But Hokey, I just can't go there. I mean, I think he's a playmaker. And he's, he's a football player. And I want him as I just the personal don't know protector just, yeah. on punt team. I don't want him throwing the ball 30 times a game. No. You, under, I mean, you have to – you really have to kind of change the whole game plan when he's mm-hmm. a quarterback. This sounds and mean, it's not but, a, I mean, quarterback's even a stretch. Yeah, I mean, he's a athlete, football player, you know. No, I mean, you'd love to have him on your team. Yeah. But I don't know. He's useful, right. Yeah. And then finally, Nick Foles. He's not for me. I just can't. Yeah, I, he's so up and down. I know. he's he's got, His hot streaks are fantastic, and he'll get you, you know. Yeah. But his lows are low. low. And there's a lot more lows than <laughs> yeah. highs, too. And I think Chicago would give him away for a loaf of bread, and nobody there's, wanted them. Yeah, nobody wanted right. them. Right. Nobody, nobody would bite. They'd probably give you – Pick up. They might be one of those Osweiler situations. Take him and his contract, and we'll give you 
fourth round pick. Right. And you can give us a seventh back. Yeah. You know, or a bag of balls. Um, we're now two weeks into this uh, season, and uh, ESPN has put out its 2021 NFL pass rushing, run stopping, blocking mm, leaderboards. Yeah. You sent this to me earlier. There's some relevant Steeler action here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the highest pass rush win rate as an edge defender, number one, T.J. Watt. Yeah. 44%. 44%. I mean, I know he didn't play a ton of snaps last week, but he dominated the ones <laughs> When he, he was did. on the field, he, yeah. he's been dominant every step of the way this year. And I don't even know if that counts. I think he's drawn four holding penalties I don't already. know how they even account for that. Does that, does that add to the – do you get a win for that? I, I would get, hope maybe, so. Maybe. I think so. Yeah. Uh, two is Joey Bosa at 41%, which is pretty darn good. Pretty yeah. darn good. Micah Parsons at 38%. Yannick Ngakwe, 37%. That, that yeah, half of those against no the joke. Uh, Harold Landry at 33%. Von Miller tied with him at 33%. Tack McKinley at 33%. Yeah, I haven't watched enough of them to see if that's true. I mean, it is true. I mean, they're, they yeah. have a formula, so that's interesting. Eighth is Alex Highsmith at 32%. Yeah, yeah it was great to see that? him in the top ten. Uh, ninth is Jadavian Clowney at 32%. So their edge guys are doing something. And then tenth is Durance Armstrong from the Cowboys. I don't know who that is. I don't know either. Huh. Um, That's two Cowboys on the list, yeah. though, because Parsons really didn't play any linebacker. You notice who's not on there? A lot of people. Miles Garrett. Yeah, Miles Garrett is not. Uh, the defensive tackle pass rush win rate, guys. Mm-hmm. Number one, Javon Hargrave at yeah. 43%. He's off to a strong start. <laughs> I bring him up a lot because of all the Steeler recent free agents that left town, I think if you gave those guys true serum, they'd be like, that's the one that hurt the most. Developed them from a small school. Yeah. It was everything you wanted. The contract wasn't crazy big, but it's, it's $13 million yeah. a year. But he's yeah. living up to it, and yeah. the Eagles love him. Um, Aaron Donald, number two. It's like as far as he ever drops, yeah. J.J. Yeah. Watt at three, 27%. Ben Fresh and, you know. Let's see if these guys can keep it. The older guys can keep it up. But yeah, he's been a difference maker for them. Morgan Fox of the Panthers. Yeah, twenty five percent. I'm sure we'll mention the Panthers a little in the next segment. But their defense is very interesting to me and young and doing well. Uh, fifth was Quinnen Williams. Sixth, Deron Payne. I think Quinnen Williams is a star on a yeah. terrible team. Seventh, Indomitian Sue. Mm-hmm. Not known as a pass rusher, but yeah. he will push the pocket. Eight, Malik Collins from the Houston Texans. You'll see him tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The Texans don't totally stink, contrary to yeah. popular belief. Yeah. Cam Hayward, ninth on this list at 16%. Um, Pretty good. Yeah. A lot and of doubles, then, as we know. Not yeah. that he's the only one on that list getting doubled. But, right. Yeah. You know, and then, Collins yeah. aren't. Tenth is Draymond uh, Jones from the Broncos. He's kind of a designated pass rush specialist and it comes in on the in- interior, Ohio State guy. Uh, the top 10 defensive end, outside linebacker, run stop win rate. So this is the edge guys against the run. Uh, number one is Shaq Lawson. Yeah, physical guy. 59%. They're good against the run in general. Yeah. Two is Max Crosby at 50%. I was a little shocked he was on the pass rush list. Yeah. When I saw him in Dockway, I'm like, I thought I'd see Crosby. Uh, Third is Rasheen Green of the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Big-bodied guy. Yeah. Yeah. Carl Nassib of the Raiders at number four. He's another heavier... Probably looks a Bigger little bigger edge more guys. Like, yeah, these are, yeah, yeah. These are typically your real true defensive ends. Like, right. You're not going to see a right, lot of right, right. you know 240, 250 pound outside linebackers on this list. I mean, the Seeb's closer to Cam than he is yeah. Ingram. Yeah, you know. Uh, Robert Quinn, another one of those guys, is fifth. Mm-hmm. Josh Sweat, sixth. Yeah, he's a better player than people realize. Yeah. Uh, Chase Young at seven. He's not just a pass rusher. He's just yeah. a force. Cameron Jordan, eighth. Cameron Jordan should be listed as an edge. Yeah, he plays all over. He's more D-tackle than edge. Uh, Jannard Avery 
at nine, mm. and Trey Flowers at ten. Okay, Avery's another big-bodied guy. None of those are super shocking. Uh, the top ten defensive tackle run stop win rate guys. Uh, Roy Lopez of the Texans, number one. I didn't know who that was. I saw the name and uh, pay attention to him tonight. Sixty percent. I assume he's a nose tackle type. Yeah. Devon Hamilton of the Jaguars at 52%. He is a nose tackle type. We yeah. kind of liked him coming out of Ohio State a couple years ago. Jeffrey Simmons from the Titans, a really good football player. Yeah, he's he at 50%, is. as is Foley Fadakuse. I can't pronounce that. From who? What team? Uh, from the Jets. Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. The big, uh, yeah, yeah. Big, um, big body dude. But how about this one? This one would surprise Steeler fans because I, I see a lot of hate for this guy. Like, oh, he should be on the team. Oh, I never got this. Yeah. Chris Wormley, 48%. I thought he's been noticeably better this year than last. Yeah. You know, like, I, I was kind of wishy-washy about bringing him back. I remember one of your original 53 projections, like, yeah, these other young guys maybe are worth Might want to keep the younger yeah, guys right, and right, maybe right. save a little he's been cap space. There's no doubt. And he's going to need him even more with the Lua Lua. You know? Yeah. Uh, six is Sebastian Joseph Day of the uh, Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Hankins of the, of the Raiders. The Raiders are stopping the run, apparently. Yeah. yeah their defensive front's been good. Yeah. Kenny Clark from Green Bay is uh, He's always eight. in that neighborhood, yeah. Tied with Cam Hayward. Yeah, so Hayward's on both lists. On both only lists. one on both he's lists. He's the only one on both lists. Well, Payne, Deron Payne is on here Oh, is well. he one of the pass yeah, rush lists, okay. he's number 10. Top offensive tackle pass block win rate. You're not going to find many Steelers on these lists. No. I think there's a bagel, though. Lane Johnson. Yeah. Number one. When he's healthy, he's great. Yeah. Uh, Justin Murray of the uh, Cardinals, number two. I just knew the name. I don't know a ton about yeah, him. He's but 96%. Things are going well in the desert right now. David Quisenberry uh, of the Titans at three. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even supposed to be a starter. Tied with Morgan Moses. Tied nice with Riley Reef. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's one of the things with yeah. the Bengals, right? Um, he's a Bengals right tackle for people yeah. who don't. We'll see if he's on that about. after this week. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's got a little tougher test. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay's Billy Turner. But Reef has gotten the Vikes and Bears. That's not a joke. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, Rob Havenstein tied with uh, with uh, Billy Turner there for sixth. The Rams, yeah. Jack Conklin at ninety four percent is eighth. Garrett Bowles at nine. Okay. Is he at right tackle now? Is he at left? No, yeah, I guess it doesn't in matter. Yeah. He's a left. Yeah. And then uh, Ty Sambrejo. Yeah, he's another one that they didn't count on starting. Yeah, right. But I mean, two weeks again. Two, two weeks. weeks. In. Yeah. Guard pass rate win rate. Quentin Nelson leads the way at ninety eight percent. Justin Pugh. Uh, of the Cardinals. Yeah, I was a little shocked he's still floating around, but the Cardinals are doing all right. Kevin Zeitler at 98%. Uh, Isaac Samalu at uh, 98% from the Eagles. Josh Jones, uh, again, for, they're from the uh, Cardinals. So the Cardinals' mm-hmm. pass blocking must be – doesn't hurt when you have a – Yeah, I mean, I, I assume – I think that what they do is they, they give it a two-and-a-half-second clock – and if you've won in that two and a half seconds, you get a check mark in the good column. If you don't, you go in the bad column. So I'm not sure it matters who your quarterback is, but you also pass protect different for Kyler than you do. Well, Brady, you don't have you know? as many guys in the box either because they're going four wide right, receiver right, right. sets a lot. Or they're mush rushing too. Yeah. A lot of them will just kind of keep him in the pocket. Yeah, and that's not what trying you want to win one on one matchups. Get too, your hands so. up because he's short. And right, kind of right, stuff. right. So defenses might play that a little different. Uh, Trey Smith from Kansas City comes in Rookie, sixth. Yeah, yeah. Joel Batonio seventh. Joe Thune, eighth. So both uh, both mm-hmm. guards from the uh, Chiefs on there. Shaq Mason and then Dalton Reisner. I just have one little tidbit because it goes back to that conversation we were having about the Sando article about youth. The Steelers and Chiefs offensive lines by far in the league got way younger than any than from where they were last year. But where I'm going with this is the Ravens got much older. Older. Much yeah. older. You know, yeah. so it's a little concerning. 
Uh, highest pass block win rate as a center. And there are six guys here tied at 100% win yeah. rate. J.C. Treader. Who you'd Br- expect. Bradley Bozeman. Jason Kelsey. Nick Gates, who's with the Giants. He has got hurt, too. Name. He's out for the year. Uh, Creed Humphrey with Kansas City. Look. And Kendrick yes, Green. Yeah, yeah. pay attention, folks. That I always looked at him as coming off the ball and blasting people, but not as good in reversing and protection. And, again, it's been two games, but he's doing something right. Yeah. You know, it's not all disaster up front. David Andrews, uh, seventh. Alex Mack, eighth. Corey Lindsley, ninth. Frank Ragnow is tenth. He's a great player, yeah. Yeah. Run block win rate. Sam Cosme from Washington is at 90%. Yeah. I thought he looked like garbage. Week one day. I watched him. He looked yeah. really, really bad. Did not look good at all. No. I'm, makes me question this is a it, little bit. I saw maybe that. he's better in the run game, but yeah, yeah. pass blocking, he's been not good. Right. And the write-up of him is really good athlete, you know, good tester. I think he'd be better in pass you blocking. you think he'd be better in protection. Yeah. But, you know, that's not necessarily always the case. Uh, two is Jordan Mulata. Yeah, from the, interesting uh, dude. Yeah, we were talking about his rugby background before this. Uh, Jack Conklin, uh, third on that list, tied with Brian O'Neill of the Vikings. Big guy. Yeah. Billy Turner uh, again showing up on there with the Packers. Uh, Jason Peters, Terran Terran Armstead. Amazing. Jason Peters is still around. Yeah. Donovan Smith, uh, Charles Leno, and Mike McGlinchey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your, your top ten there. Yeah, and again, th- th- these will change a lot because it's two weeks and depends yeah. who plays and all right, that. Absolutely. But no, it's good to see, especially the Kendrick Green thing. To me, was the most it's noticeable promising. thing of the whole yeah. article. For, Definitely yeah. promising. Uh, guard win rate. Uh, Andrew Norwell leads the way on that. He should. He's being paid a gajillion dollars still. Yeah. And he's not a terrible player. He's no. not worth being the highest paid guard ever. Uh, you got Josh Jones on there. James Daniel, Ali Marpet, Chris Lindstrom, Connor Williams, Joe Thune, Brandon Sherp. Robert Hunt and Xavier Suafilo, who is on Who's the— probably not going to play in this game. Who may not play against the Steelers right. this week. So we've had one Steeler and now two Bengals, but the Bengals are probably going to be short one of them. One of those guys. Yeah. And then the centers with the highest run-blocking win rate. Treader, Brian Allen uh, from the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Roulet. Uh, Washington. Yeah, with Washington. Matt Hennessy uh, from the Falcons. I don't know how you know if he's winning yeah, a lot they don't, run, they the don't run the ball. At all. Uh, Michael Delter uh, with the Dolphins. I'm sorry, I didn't know that. Okay. Dieter. Yeah. Dieter. That's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. These are very small on my screen. Okay. <laughs> um, Jason Kelsey again. Trey Hopkins with the Bengals. No. Okay. I missed that, that before. Yeah. Uh, Tyler. Tyler uh, Hopkins Bl- isn't a bad player. I mean, we were rough yeah. on their interior, but he's not a bad center. Tyler Blattis, uh with the Cowboys. Biotis. Biotis. Yeah. it is. Rodney Hudson with the Cardinals. And Ben Jones with the Titans. Okay. As a team. Yeah, the team, team with the best uh, pass rush win rate. Tampa Bay, they're also the highest blitz percentage. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Chargers are second. The Buccaneers are at 63%. The Chargers at 62 uh, The Jets at 60%. The Bills at 58%. Uh, the That's Browns, pass rush win rate. Yeah. Win weight, yeah. The Browns are at 56%. The Steelers are on there at 54%. Okay. I expect that to go up for the Steelers. Yeah. I really think they'll end up as one if they stay reasonably healthy. The Bengals all the way down at 28th at 36%. Yeah. Eh. Their D-line's not terrible, but they don't have great pass rushers. And they get a blitz a lot to get there. Yeah. I mean, they're they're paying Hubbard and Hendrickson a lot of money to be average. Yeah. Team run-stop win rate. The Raiders at number one at 30 Yeah, how about that? Yeah. And we were talking about Hankins and something, you know, Crosby and Mendokwe. Never thought that would happen. Number two, the Steelers at 37%. Yeah. They are tough against the They're run. Doing well against the run. 
If you look on here, the Bengals at that was 20. Like an underreported story of that Raiders game. The Steelers whipped the Raiders O line in the run game. Yeah. Whipped them. Yeah. yeah. They, they had a couple of runs late when the Steelers were kind of taking right. some. They were going for the football mm -hmm. instead of trying to get the guy on the ground. But that was a dominant performance yeah. against their run game. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals are 20th on that list okay. with a 30% uh, win rate. So the Steelers should be able to. You would hope you get something, something going. Yeah. Uh, Reader, the defensive tackle who was out last year because of uh, sitting out because of COVID, is a really good player and looks like the investment that they they made in him two years ago. He's one, he's one to look at. Kind of a nose tackle type. This is the big one: team pass block win rate. Mm. Now I know Steeler fans would automatically think. Oh, they think they're thirty second. They're thirty second on this list. They are not. They're twenty seventh. Okay. Not great. But yeah. Again, who's worse? Miami. Oh, I bet after yeah. that Bills game. Houston. Yeah. Carolina. Houston's O-line's in world trouble tonight. Carolina, Atlanta, and Dallas. Dallas is really? dead last. That's interesting. They played the Chargers and the Bucs. Yeah. yeah that doesn't help. Bosa. And yeah. yeah, there's some names on so that. So, you, you know, sometimes you have to kind of look at who you played, too. Yeah, it might correct themselves yeah. a little. Okay. Uh, the Bengals on that list are seventh at 64%. Okay. They're, they, they, I want people to realize, though. Their team blast pass block win rate is... is they're seventh, and they've given up nine sacks. I know. That's what I was going to say. Kind of crazy. I was about to say the exact same thing. Is That stands out to me about the first segment we were talking about how Burroughs, you know, sacks can be a quarterback stat. They are a quarterback stat as much as an O-line stat. And opposite of last year, it's on the quarterback a little bit right now. As yeah. He's getting more comfortable. You know, he's holding the ball. He's a little more indecisive. Doesn't buy time in the pocket quite as well as he did with small little movements. So keep an eye on Burroughs' feet in this game. The final one is team run block win rate. Okay. The Steelers are actually they're thirty first in that one. The yeah, team that's that, worse than them, the Raiders, because they just yeah, played the Steelers. They play the Steelers, yeah. But other teams in the Steelers area there, the Patriots. Wow, and they run the ball okay. They run the ball, yeah. yeah. The Chargers. Yeah. Uh, huh. They have a good. O I mean, they have a good O line on paper. Seattle. I mean, that adds up. Carson's kind of in the Najee Harris land right the now. The Titans. Yeah. The Titans. Even after last yeah. week. So, they but, run the ball so but often. What they do is they, you know, if you look at the Patriots and the Titans, they keep doing it. They keep doing it, and even if they're losing up front and yeah. only getting one or two here and there, you're still in the game at the end. And Henry and Harris are hard. Yeah. To, hard and eventually to it, and, it pops. You know, Damian Harris popped a big run. Uh, even the Raiders. Yeah. We just use that example. You know, the, the by the end of the game, the Raiders were getting some decent runs, even though they're getting whipped up front for. 50 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, there is something to sticking with it. Yeah, certainly interesting there to, to look at that. We'll, we'll look at that every once in a while here. Yeah, maybe the every couple of the weeks. Yeah, as things change. It, it's also a good exercise to show that, believe it or not, the Steelers don't have the worst offensive line in the history of the game. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take another break. We'll be back with more right after this.